five minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no job. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best saddle up now, kids, cause here we go! Howdy and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes host examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. I am Jay Cluett. <laughs> Ding! And I'm Mark Hoffmeyer. <laughs> and we normally host Stupid. Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, uh, where we look at the Deep Blue Sea uh, trilogy, one DVD episode per episode, one DVD Deeply chapter per episode, I should say. And today we're looking at minute 28. We'd still be on Deep Blue Sea if we were doing minute at a time. Could you if, imagine that, If Jay? we did it weekly, if we did one minute every week, we would be. But if we did, because the, the traditional format is a minute a day. So it would be a minute on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. If we did it that way, we would have finished Deep Blue Sea a, a while back. We would be, I think, two-thirds of the way through Deep Blue Sea 2, a film I did not want to do minute by minute. I feel like no. I could have done the first one. I feel like there's nothing, there's nothing deep to see. Let's do minute, minute by minute. Deep to see two, a film I'd never seen before. We we covered it uh, chapter by chapter. Uh, I don't think I wanted to do that one minute by minute. <laughs> that might have broken. Me. I would now. I would now <laughs> because I adore it. I haven't watched it in a while, so maybe that's why. But just Joy Swims, man, and like yeah, Doctor Misty Calhoun and that uh, <laughs> opening music and the lecture and the. Uh, the shark finners and Swimming some of the deaths and the baby sharks. There's a there's a lot in there, but I don't. I, I that's it's like a I don't want to do a hundred episodes on Deep Blue Sea two. <laughs> no, no, that would that's when you question what's going on. Yeah, with yes. your life, you know. I, I think if I wasn't questioning that, then everybody around me would be questioning my actions to doing it. Like, what? Wait, what? What happened to Jay? Why, why is Jay? What? What? What went wrong? He's doing that. What? There's a Deep Sea 2, and he's done 73 episodes already on it? Just on this... Like, I, I, I get odd looks talk, talking to my family about doing 33 episodes on Deep Blue Sea. That's not a lot. No, it's not. That it's was... a perfect film. Oh, yeah. uh, anyway, anyway <laughs> minute 28 of Silverado. Uh, in this, uh, Payden spots the man who stole his hat, and it ends with the guy potentially touching Payden's gun. So what do you, you, you think about I, Minute 28? Would you... I would fight somebody if they stole... So I have some hats, right? I got this Atlanta Braves hat. From, I went to a game. I got it for free. But it's a ball cap, but it's molded to my head. <laughs> I recently just went and bought this new cap. Uh, I, I was at Cherry Street Brewing. It's really cool. There's a hummingbird on it. Uh, I got to get one for Nick Rehack, one of our friends. He, he's like, dude, I, love, I get compliments on it all the time. If someone took my hat and was wearing it in a bar and I was living in, in the the wild west and my name was like maniac mark I would shoot the person <laughs> this is the difference between uh, Americans and English people <laughs> I did not think you were going to go shoot the person uh, that's the, <laughs> not well like the way he did was. it I would yeah. walk up to him and be like hey that's my hat well I mean this, I would, this you know, is a nice show... hat yeah, I would show my, you know, my head wore that hat in for months, you know, years. You spent two years. Like I would had spent two years training it to quote the film. I would pull a full JCVD from Hard Target and show my leg, right? I would pull <laughs> my my duster back and show my leg. 
the second that guy gets up, he's catching a size, you know, 13 boot to the face. That's what it is. All right, I'll just I'll Jean-Claude Van Damme him. How's that sound? So it's not as violent. It's perfect. Wonderful. But I would definitely shoot him. <laughs> if he pulled first. It sounds like he'd deserve it. But, I mean, hats take a while, Jay. Like, you... To, like, I can't wear some hats because they give me a headache, right? So that's why when I wear... When I find a hat I love and it doesn't give me a headache, I got to hold on to it. If someone's flaunting it at a bar, I'm fighting them. See, I guess... I'm not really a hat guy. My my wife tells me I don't have a face for hats, so I don't. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. That's that's a, another day to go into that one. Uh, but so I, I don't tend to wear. <laughs> tend to wear. I want to can I do like ten of them, and yeah. I just want to see. I, like we're gonna. I gotta find you a hat now. Well, I I, I wear hats as a necessity. So when it's cold, I'll wear a, a woolly hat. I actually my favorite hat is the one that my wife made for me. She knitted me a hat. It's like a a, a green. Woolly hat. I love it. Wait, is, is that considered a hat? How is it not a or hat? Is that, well, it's like a ski cat. It's like a beanie. It's like a toque. Well, in, in, there's no bill on it. There's no bill. It doesn't prevent you, you need from getting sun in your eyes. I, I don't think it a keeps, bill. A bill it keeps your head warm, right? Yeah. I, I think, but there's no like, I, when I think about hats, it's like keep the sun out of your eyes. I can oh, see keep that. you from getting sunburned. Oh, that, like, I guess your forehead kind not of sunburned. I don't think it's every. Like I have a baseball cap I wear for gardening, and I have a, like a fedora that I got for uh, an Alan Grant costume. When you go on ar- <laughs> ar- archaeological digs, uh, more when I'm when I'm for paleontological digs. It's uh, <laughs> a long word <laughs> for a Wednesday evening. <laughs> um, uh, um, uh, yeah, so I, that's like the hats I own are two, actually four, four woolly hats, a baseball cap, and a. And a, a, a fedora for a fancy dress for Halloween. That's I have it. never called what, one of my ski cap. Like I, I guess I call them ski caps, but they're not cat. They're not a hat. That's not a cap. I, I mean, I've never even heard the term ski cap before. So are these people? Is this like when people who call SUVs trucks? Like that's. <laughs> no, you're talking this... to someone who would do that. So. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's on the same chassis. It's like, oh man. Oh, yeah. Listen, it's one thing. It's shit. to each their own, right? Yeah. But I've never. I just. I guess my definition of you have a more worldly approach to your definition of caps than I do. I I think mine's probably less worldly, <laughs> if anything, because like I I occasionally I'll see somebody. Like, I don't, hats aren't very common. I would say these days in terms of just uh, these kinds of hats they have in, in the. Occasionally I'll see somebody wearing a hat and I'll think like what. What led to this? Who one day did you just decide, hey, I'm a hat guy. I'm gonna wear a hat because it's so bizarre to me that somebody would do that. Back in the old west, it makes sense because you're out in the desert, sun, everyone wears hats. But in modern times, it's so rare for anybody to be wearing any kind of headwear, or at least for me to notice it. Maybe everyone's wearing hats. I'm just, I just tune them out. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's a lot more. Actually, though, every single movie I've watched, like Kingsman, everyone's wearing caps in England. So, am I led to believe that geezers don't wear caps all the time, Jay? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, maybe. I think other than like a flat cap, which I would, is, yeah, yeah, like a an old man cat hat, uh, which mm-hmm. my granddad wears, and nobody else in the whole world, as far as I'm aware. Uh, yeah, I think they're they're very rare. <laughs> wow. See, I I haven't had a haircut in a while. So I wear hats because I just my hair is long and it's over my ears. So I just put a cap on so I don't have to look like a ragamuffin with a mop on my head. You know what I mean? I, I just go with the mop. 
Uh, when Would I... you ever go after somebody for wearing a hat indoors? No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what what's the scenario here? What are we talking about? I know people who have. They're like, why are you wearing a... What? If they're like sat down for dinner, maybe. You walk into a petrol station. Thank you. And someone's looking at the uh, candy bars wearing a cap. <laughs> I like or you can be like, you're, you're indoors, go- bro. I like you got the English bit of petrol, but then you went for candy bar. <laughs> crisps. <laughs> they're getting some crisps in there, right? They're at the crisp stand. This is yeah. a really fancy petrol station. <laughs> and they're wearing a hat. Okay. And you are just fuming at this person like hey you're indoors there's no sun i think i think and then they take off their hat and they have like a huge scar on their head like how do you feel well okay i, I feel like fancy petrol station so like a, a marks and spencer's petrol, uh, petrol station or one attached to a a, a, a service station maybe uh, mm-hmm. then it's got like a costa coffee in it perhaps yeah yeah i Ooh, think right? if you're in a, a service station or a, a petrol station or a gas station that's still that's that's a different kind of indoors than if you're like around somebody's house. Like yeah, you're in a you're you're inside, but it's still a public area. It's still like you'll be back outside any second now. You're just in here for a small interaction. I think that's okay. These guys in in this minute who have come into the the saloon. It's night. It's 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 nighttime. A, B. They're in a saloon. They're sat down playing poker, drinking, whatever. They're going to be here for hours. These guys mm-hmm. don't need that. Huh? It's a great point. I do where do they put them? Your hair's got to be messed up, though. Like, so for me, I will wear a hat sometimes, even when it's not sunny, because I just have a mop on my head. So maybe this guy has a mop on his head and he's just feeling bad about it. Maybe. But like, like Kevin Klein takes a hat off and puts it on a stranger, which wonderful move. I love it. And his hair is, is beautiful beneath that hat. Yeah. It's... That would never happen. No. That would never happen. <laughs> Well, he was wearing like an ill-fitting kind of crappy like bucket hat. hat. So yeah. maybe it's just it wasn't suited to his head. If he were, gets his hat back, the one that his his head's been training, then yeah, that's going to mess his hair up. But that that one is the kind of hat. That's a great point. But it's the kind of hat that wears him. He doesn't wear it. It's like remember in Cliffhanger when Stallone wears that gigantic sweater yes. for about three minutes of the yep. movie and we never see it again. Yep. He looks very uncomfortable in that sweater. <laughs> He does not like it being on. It's too big. He can't flex. He got very lean and mean for that movie. And he hates it. He hates that yeah, sweater. He gets, he gets lost in that thing. Kevin yeah. <laughs> Klein, same, same thing. He gets. He doesn't like it. He loses it. He doesn't like it. He says, get get this off of me. And he does. He puts it on a gentleman's head. Yeah. I would be mad if I was enjoying a game of poker. You know, whatever, blackjack. Whatever game they're playing in there. Go fish. And someone just stuffed the hat on my head, all sweaty. <laughs> like I have a nice haircut. Like and it's that's a, well, what... and it's a bad hat. It's like yeah, one he doesn't care it's not about. Even a good hat. But then he gives it to a guy who doesn't have a hat. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, this this guy's on a rung even lower than Peyton. He he hasn't even got a hat. So now mm-hmm. he's like he's, he's his luck's come up. He's he's got a hat now. So and... you're saying he's gonna leave happy because he got a free hat? Yeah, looks like. What if Peyton stole that hat from somebody, and then that guy sees it and shoots him? <laughs> well, he he needs to get in quick with his story. I didn't. Somebody gave me this hat. Honest, Mister. Honest, it wasn't me. like so. I just I just sat there minding my business. I was I was asking if the guy had any sevens, and then the hat just appeared on my head. It wasn't me. It wasn't bang. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Peyton probably killed this guy. Maybe. Not the first time. I just – you have a good point, though. There, There's a lot of hats. But if you look at other movies like Tombstone or the Westerns, there's still a lot of hats that people wear in those bars, in those restaurants, in those – like you're in a saloon. I feel like if you're in a saloon, hats are fine. But and you're in a fine dining establishment, and it's not like a really sweet hat that like is making a fashion statement, nah. So Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. So do you know what kind of hat this is? The one that Payton puts on his head? Yeah, the one. Well, the one that he, he's uh, the one that he's in here for. The one that he's come come to collect. Oh well, uh, do, like what kind of brand? Well, like what what kind of style? I'm I'm not big on hats. I'm doing some trying to look into it. I didn't really get anything out of it other than like a, a crushed a crushable wool hat was all, as much as I could get rather than any kind of style. Like a crushable yeah. wool western cowboy hat is all I can get. I mean, that I would say that's about right. I don't okay. know. Okay, fine. It's, it is a, a good hat. It is a leather. nice hat. It's got that, that band around it with a little silver buckles. Got tchotchkes around it. Yeah. I like it. I can see why he's willing to uh, do what happens in the next minute for it. It's kind of a smaller brimmed hat, is it not? I mean, it's not like he has a traditional gigantic hat on his head. Like it It's is, not like it what is. Rooster Cogburn would wear, right? It's not Sam Elliott's from The Big Lebowski. But then, well, at, at the, the table that this guy is sat at, He's he's sat with even smaller brimmed hatted gentlemen. There's a guy oh. to his right who's wearing this kind of uh, reddish brown bowler with a very small brim on it, and then the guy opposite him has essentially a, a short top hat with like the flat top on it. It looks like green felt, big old band around it, like a kind of thing you draw on a snowman. Mm. But again, you know why it looks smaller? Because it's it's kind of wedged up. Like yeah. it's not the traditional flat brimmed hat. Like he's really done some work on that thing. It look, looks like it. Yeah, yeah. And there's flair. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think this is an easy hat to spot. Like, yeah. I, you I, know what it is? I like the, hat. the beard makes it look smaller because the beard is quite puffy. Okay. So if he didn't have a beard, it would be a much larger hat on him. <laughs> so the uh, the guy who has the hat, who uh, is one of the people who, at the start of the film, must have left Payton for dead out in the desert, setting off the uh, the elements of the film. He's credited in two different ways. In the actual film's credits, he's down as Hat Thief. But in the <laughs> original shooting script, he's credited as Ugly Cowboy. Ooh, I'd like to be Ugly Cowboy. <laughs> I want to be the role you were born to play. It. I want to be like horrible things in credits, like, you know, like piece of crap, <laughs> putrid you know I mean? scumbag. I want to be that, like garbage pale human. <laughs> well, he's played by uh, Autry Ward, like I'm saying that word, A U T R Y, who is a stuntman. And of course, uh, have you had many dealings with with stuntmen in your? Oh yeah, in your careers, yeah. lots of them. They're um. What's the word? Like they're, they're all cool. They're just very like they they stick to their own clique. They're kind of tough to deal with because they're like, yeah, I can do backflips. Um, <laughs> but they put the work in. Like I've worked on some really cool shoots with some really cool stunt people. Um, yeah, I mean they're fine. Like I I got to I don't want to tell these stories. I don't know if I can tell these stories. But yeah, they're 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 like hyper athletic. 
the stuff they do on set, like you sometimes you see them, like I've been on set where one like stands on a motorcycle, jumps over a car. Uh, I love watching the, the hits they take. Sometimes, though, the gr- stunt people's movements are almost too graceful. So when I watch fights and I see like the most graceful flip after a punch, it takes me out of the movie. Does that ever work like that with you? I mean, no, I, I kind of I like watching the the ballet of stunts, and I just I get caught up in it. So watching somebody do oh. much more of a, a flourish, I'm I'm tend to be in it. The ballet of stunts. Some of them. That's a really great word. And I listen. I, I you're right, right? It's a ballet. It's movements. But I guess you know I'm all about that old boy fighting, right? Like the Unforgiven stuff. Some some of these flips are just too. Legit to flip for real. <laughs> well, so so Autry Ward, he uh, is one of two acting roles that he has. He's in Silverado as Hat Thief, and he's in Rolling Thunder as Texan Number Two. Oh, I'm not that familiar with Rolling Thunder. It's from the from the seventies, uh, right? Written by Paul Schrader and starring William Devane, Tommy Lee Jones in a young role. But it's not a film I'm familiar with. But he's one of four stuntman brothers. You have Autry Ward, you have Troy Ward, Steve Ward, and Dennis Ward. All stuntmen. Troy Ward also in this film. He plays Baxter, who's one of the guys who's supposed to be uh, guiding the wagon trail. Wagon tra- what? Oh. So, which which other people have those minutes. They can talk about those. Uh, but yeah, this is... So, this, so Autry and Troy both worked on this one together. This is Autry's second to last film. He worked on JFK. Did those many and numerous stunts in JFK? Yeah, the <laughs> falling gags. He was Costner's double. <laughs> yes, and but he was also in uh, Junior Bonner, a Steve McQueen film from '72, which I, Steve McQueen is one of my favorite actors. So just have to highlight that he's in that film, uh, which is a, yeah. a film where where he uh, I think McQueen plays like a rodeo guy, like a uh, like a rodeo performer. Uh, but oh. no, I don't remember the film. <laughs> But I think... he's in the background, he's doing interesting acting to take the screen away from people. <laughs> yeah, that's all he does in every film. Uh, but I, I think uh, Autry Ward is does a good good job here as Hat Thief or Ugly Cowboy, whichever. Yeah, way he does exactly what's needed, right? Yeah. He he knows the role. He's going to know how to fall. He's got just... a good eye squint. Yeah, I, I like how he just bluntly denies it. <laughs> yeah, that just... what are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's know what I'm talking about, mister. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that to somebody. Like, you walk into a place and I'm wearing, like, your Letterman jacket that I stole from you. <laughs> like, it's like, got, hey, it's got my name on it. It's clearly my <laughs> like, like, picture of me. I've got a picture of myself wearing it earlier that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I'm just kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just... But, but uh, I, I would almost appreciate this person, right? I would just the audacity. I would be like, I was like, man, this you. Like everyone in here knows it. Like what's what's <laughs> happening? And then he's like, everyone know, in this bar know. like made, get a collection to buy me this jacket. They they all they all know. <laughs> My cousin's the bartender. No, he's not. Wait, and he, this person just foils everybody in here with sheer denial. Then he walks out with their jacket. Well, and then three few minutes later, you're like, "What just happened?" I, I guess he he didn't know what he was talking about. What well, would this person's name be in the credits then? Uh, wait, in that scenario, 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends. Are they so good at bluffing that they con the person doing the credits? Which they're like, <laughs> innocent coat wearer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Me? No. Surely no. not. No. Here, let me buy you a drink. <laughs> And he starts playing piano, and everyone gets rocking, and then the guy just runs out. <laughs> it's like a, a dust silhouette. And it just, it just flees. <laughs> he does like a Three Amigos bit, like My Little Buttercup, and then just ducks. <laughs> and then both the doors you see opening, like opening and closing. <laughs> My jacket. I love it. Uh, so, uh, uh... I want to meet this guy. This guy needs a movie. <laughs> so Emma Oh, wait, does... this guy... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me... The stunt coordinator on this movie. Yeah. Jerry Gatlin. Okay. No, he well. was a stunt coordinator on Three Amigos. Okay. Which I just brought up. And then he was a stunt coordinator on Ernest Saves Christmas. Oh, God. You have to get... Somehow, Mark, you managed to do it. You dragged Silverado Minute into the yeah. Ernest franchise. <laughs> and he did City Slickers, which also features a great baseball cap. Uh, and then he also did Shawshank Redemption. That's, that's this quite guy. A CV. And he also did a movie called Honkers. The Honkers, which I'm quite curious about. There's a movie called The Good Guys and the Bad Guys. <laughs> the good, the bad, the <laughs> What's it about? I want to make... I, wanna, I wish I was back then make, like ripping off movies like The Maltese Falcon. And I'll be like, The Maltese Hawk. Or like The Maltese <laughs> Pigeon. Yeah, what's his picture? The big cold, <laughs> the fourth man. I do like the Crazy. second. I do the second man. You, you got to see the second man before you see the third one. You got to, you got to, you'll be lost otherwise. You oh, like psycho? Sudden Go see Crazy. <laughs> and then, he did stunts on the Convoy. Goals. I'm telling you, this dude Donovan's Reef too. Blazing Saddle. The greatest story ever told. I would put one of the best stories ever told. <laughs> uh, Nevada Smith. I would be Texas Smith. So, do you know the, the even well, greater story. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to hard times. Welcome to difficult times. So uh, the, Jerry Gatlin. He was. He worked on the the Magnificent Seven. He was a stunt double for uh, for four of the seven for Horsebook Oats. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, three of the seven and the bad guy for Horsebook Oats, Charles Bronson, Robert Vaughn, and Eli Waller. Uh, he was. Wow. <laughs> That's, that's impressive. Uncredited. That's wow. Crime. All these uncredited. I mean, that stunt happens a lot. You, yeah. You'll see a ton of uncredited stunt people in here. Oh, I mean, everything he did from 1974 to, oh, sorry, from 1956 to 1974, he was uncredited. That was like 20 He's years. Taking almost. bumps. Yeah. I mean, I guess, at least you're getting paid, but you're taking bumps. Yeah, and no one knows. Like back, that's that's before IMDb. They didn't know that yeah. he was ever going to know. They were probably just like, hey, Jerry, come on over here and fall on this table. And he's like, all right, I got you. And he just goes and falls on the table, and then they go have beers. And then <laughs> just no one ever writes them down. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Hey, Jerry, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll buy a new, I'll buy a whiskey bottle if you can fall off this balcony. All right. You know, takes Johnny Walker to fall off this balcony. Like, that's the way it worked back then, Jay. Yeah. So My got... great grandpa was a stunt man. Never got paid once. <laughs> Never know if you're telling the truth. <laughs> I just bartered. Uh, so, so uh, Scott Glenn Emmett gets one of my uh, one of my favorite Western moves. He stood at the bar when he sees his troubles about to happen. He just shifts his coat, reveals the gun. I love that move. He's like, he's ready. 
He's uh, he's not drawn it yet, but he's he's ready. I just I just that, yeah. I love it. It's smooth. That's what you have to do, Jay. If your friends are about to get in a fight and you have no plans of jumping in, at least look like you're ready to do it. To like jump in. You know what I mean? So when it's over really quickly, they're like, Oh, I tried, but like I you know, I looked like I was ready. That's what you gotta do. What is he gonna kill people? Oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean I know how the scene goes. He's not, but he's ready there. Just, just he doesn't know what's going to happen. Something's going to happen. He's, his buddy's about to do something, and he just wants to be wants access wants access to the the gun at his, his hip. And there is a, a one note I want to get to on a difference in the the script to the film. It's a very very small one. But I just want to get your opinion on it. At the end of it, uh, Payton saying, I, "I hope your hand isn't tickling my bone handled so my uh, my ivory handled coat." In the script, it's bone-handled Colt. So they changed oh. ivory to bone. Or huh. bone. Oh, wait, they changed bone to ivory. Any yeah, you just threw that? me out there. So, yeah, so they say it's bone in the script and ivory in the film. Oh, yeah, I mean, ivory just sounds so fancy, like my bone handle. You know you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, bone. Like, anyone can have, anyway, everyone's got bones. Yeah. <laughs> they're everyone's leg. got ivory. They're, you're, they're everywhere. Ivory, that's mm-hmm. special. What are your favorite movie guns? Oh, movie guns. I mean, old Painless. He's got to be up there from uh, Predator. Oh, yeah. that's. Uh, I love John Leguizamo's gun in Romeo and Juliet. I pulled up the Internet Movie Firearms Database, which has helped says, me a lot. It's got a sword down, it, down the side uh, of it. It's, um, let's see, where's he at? It's like drawing oh, swords. Just... Yeah, isn't it awesome? Yeah. And it has like a... It's uh, his rapier 9mm Series R pistols. Uh, they feature compensators, extended spring guides, and extended gold-plated barrels with custom Holy Mary grips. One of the piece search features attachment points for a rail fitted with a Seymour red dot sight, which is depicted in the film inaccurately as a magnified optic. Uh, seemingly like every other pistol in the movie, it also features gold detailing. The flamboyant pistols reflect the flamboyant interest in the way Tybalt fights, twirling, spinning, leaping in the air, firing uh, both guns akimbo. The fighting star was later mocked by Benvolio and Mercutio. Mercutio later in the film, Tybalt sometimes fires each pistol using his middle finger. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's been a long time since I saw Romeo plus Juliet, but I, I just like the use of draw your swords and, and having guns called swords. Yeah, it's so cool. But if, if we're looking at, like, uh, uh, real... Boomstick. R- real, yeah, boomstick. Yeah, I'll be darkness. Uh, so I like the scene in Snatch with Vinnie Jones... And the, the three guys are like, uh, my gun, your guns say replica down the side. My gun says <laughs> Desert Eagle. Um, oh, I love that scene. I love Vinnie Jones in pretty much anything. So, uh, But I'm not a gun guy. I'm not in favor of guns. I'm very much against guns. Uh, so this isn't a question for me. But, I, you know, there's the... And movie guns. Yeah, movie guns. Uh, the Fifth Element has that ridiculous oh gun. Oh, my gosh. The... Yeah. <laughs> At the start of it. Um What's that called? Uh, I mean, listen, for me, it's all about the boomstick. It's all about the the guitar case in Desperado. You know, uh, Dirty... Sorry. Ooh. From, from Fifth Avenue. I mean, Dirty Harry has his, like, uh, what, Magnum. Han Solo has his blaster. Yeah. Uh, for In the, what, Forbidden Planet, they have those little zappers. Some good guns. He-Man has a... You know, He-Man has a gun from Masters of the Universe. Hellboy has that huge gun. I haven't seen. If I have, I, have, I don't remember He-Man. But yes, Hellboy's gun, I remember. The man with the golden gun. I, I, that's actually one of my least favorite guns in film. 
Uh, <laughs> I've had arguments about how terrible the design of the, the golden gun is from that film. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> I think, like, Morbius has a great gun. I will never know if that's true or not. Uh, that's what bothers me in movies. Like, the gun design in that movie, that would never work. It's a movie. Like, right, it's well, supposed to just... I, I, I get it, but, okay, my problem isn't with the golden gun working or not. It's the actual design of it. People are like, oh, it's really cool how these elements all fit together and make a gun. Yes, I like that bit, but when they do all fit together, it looks really blocky and uncomfortable and generally painful to use, with, like, sharp corners where you're supposed to be holding it. Uh, It just looks like it really... It's just poorly designed, (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) I've had... I've fallen out with people over this, so I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) (laughs) A couple guns. Cherry Darling's gun from Planet Terror, because it's a leg gun. Yep, good gun. That one's pretty amazing. I love the gun from In the Line of Fire. I I like the gun from Who Framed Roger Rabbit because the bullets are alive and animated. Whoa, yeah. See, there's some good movie guns. So like in these movies, but yeah, if I had to do a top five, right? Romeo and Juliet, Planet Terror, Boomstick, Chopper Harley's gun from Hot Shots Part Two that never runs out of bullets and just kills everybody. And then I gotta do one more, one more, one more. There's so many good ones, Jay. There's so many good ones. All right, Desperado. I'll pick the gun case from that because it actually fires bullets from a guitar case. That's it, right there. Nice. I I choose to abstain from this listing because <laughs> there's too many. But any any more thoughts on on minute twenty eight? No, this was this was wonderful. We we learned about stuntmen. We talked about we talked about uh, some really weird stuff. But that's actually it's not weird then. <laughs> that's what we do. You no. Know, I was talking to somebody the other day, uh, the guy who directed Rubber and uh, Mandibles. <laughs> yep. Which I love those movies. I don't know if you've seen Mandibles yet, but I, you have I haven't to. even seen it's, Rubber yet. But I've, I've recommended uh, it to people. Watch <laughs> Mandibles is insane. But you're watching this movie, you're like, man, this is weird. And you're like, wait, is it weird? Because this is all he does. So if that's all somebody does, is that weird? Yeah, so how many weird films do you have to make until before weird just becomes regular? Yeah, I mean, if Spielberg went and made, like, a triple X movie, that'd be weird. But, like, if a triple X maker makes another one, that's not weird. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> what would that be? E.T.? No, I'm not going to say it. Okay. <laughs> not not phone home, but something else. Listeners, find the Silverado podcast, Silverado Minute <laughs> podcast. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or the main site, SilveradoMinute.com. You can also head over to Facebook, where you can go to the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener's Saloon, or on Twitter at SilveradoMXM. And uh, you can listen to more of me and Mark talking over on Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. And uh, yeah, I've been Jake Lewitt. And I'm Mark Hoffmeyer. <laughs> and join us here next time on the Silverado Minute. Yeah!